Welcome to the Drill Podcast with Dr. Brady. Hi. I'm Dr. Brady. We are joined with Lowell, George, yeah. Grenath, Bradley, Esquire. Cooper, Esquire, <laughs> I like that. the seventh. Bradley Cooper is a handsome man. Lowell has too many names, guys. He's got to do something about My that. My parents are Southern. They name me everything. Yeah. Uh, so, listen, we've been challenged with some technological difficulties, um, namely my 14-year-old laptop that's <laughs> not performing as it should. So we've recorded like two episodes and then they come out all garbled, unbeknownst to us. Since we're just blowing it wide open, uh, our last uh, episode that you heard was Lowell's last-ditch efforts to save it. So <laughs> I just made one up. Yeah. I told you about some stuff that's going on in, in the life and times of Brady and Lowell. We need to get some new laptops. You got a new laptop. We're going to get some new equipment. Why do you you we're have gonna, a new laptop? We're going to, we're going to, listen, we are going to get some new equipment. Listen, That's Brian. Be on our, we're going to get some new equipment. Listen. So. Listen up, Brian. <laughs> we're going to do this. Um, yeah, it's super frustrating to create amazing content. I, I do believe the one that we lost was probably, I mean, it could have changed humanity as far as we know. And it could have been that song, it like was Bill so, and Ted, that was supposed to, you know, save the universe. It was so, it was so amazing that I feel bad that, and we can't recreate it, obviously. So you just lose out. That's it's all. It's like a magnificent butterfly. It was just too beautiful to live. That's true. That's true. Oh man, I'm sleep deprived. So how yeah, how was your week, Brady? <laughs> uh, no, things are going good. Uh, we got. Uh, um, Got a lot of things coming up, man, coming in the pipeline. I, I'll tell you what. I read something today that I thought was interesting. Ooh. You want to know what I read? Sure. It's a C.S. Lewis quote. Ooh, a C.S. Lewis quote. Okay. That I think is really – so it was. This, it, so it's from a, a journal or an essay written by C.S. Lewis called uh, On Living in an Atomic Age. Ooh la la. Do tell. Written in 1948. So very closely after the atomic bomb was discovered as something that you should be afraid of, right? It is terrifying. Listen to this. I'm listening. Lay it on me. In one way, we think a great deal too much of the atomic bomb. How are we to live in the atomic age? I am tempted to reply. Why? As you would have lived in the 16th century when the plague visited London almost every year. Or as you would have lived in a Viking age when raiders from Scandinavia... Lowell's people, might land and cut your throat any night, or indeed, as you were already living in an age of cancer, an age of syphilis, an age of paralysis, an age of air raids, an age of railway accidents, an age of motor accidents. In other words, do not let us begin by exaggerating the novelty of our situation. Believe me, dear, believe me, dear sir or madam, you and all whom you love were already sentenced to death before the atomic bomb was invented, and quite a high percentage of us were going to die in unpleasant ways. We had indeed one very great advantage over our ancestors, anesthetics. But we have that still. It is perfectly ridiculous to go about whimpering and drawing long faces because the scientists have added one more chance of painful and premature death to a world which already bristled with such chances, and in which death itself was not a chance at all, but a certainty. 
This is the first point to be made. And the first action to be taken is to pull ourselves together. If we are all going to be destroyed by an atomic bomb, let that bomb, let that bomb come when it come, let that bomb when it comes find us doing sensible and human things, praying, working, teaching, reading, listening to music, playing with children, playing tennis, chatting to our friends over a pint and a game of darts, not huddled together like frightened sheep and thinking about bombs. They may break our bodies, but they need not dominate our minds. Oh, we're doing doomy quotes? I got one. Um, Did you say doomy quotes? Yeah, it was kind of doomy quote. Oh, doomy as in D-O-O-M-Y. Yeah. Not doomy as in D-O-M-E. No, 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 like doomy. Oh, because I was like, what did you just hear, lol? Doomy quotes. Since, okay, so C.S. Lewis. No, this I'll, isn't a doomy quote. I'm going to do H.P. Lovecraft. Fine. Do yours. Yeah. See who's better. The most merciful thing in the world, I think, is the inability of the human mind to correlate all its contents. We live on a placid island of ignorance in the midst of black, the black seas of infinity, and it was not meant that we should voyage so far. The, scienti- the sciences, each straining in its own direction, have hereto harmed us little. But someday the piecing together of disassociated knowledge will open up such terrifying vistas of reality and of, our, and of our frightful position therein that we shall either go mad from the revelation or flee from the light into the peace and safety of a new dark age. Boom. <laughs> this is Dr. Brady and Lowell waxing philosophical. <laughs> this is what it looks like, guys. <laughs> Turtle waxing intellectual. Well, tell me why you wanted to share yours. Uh, it's it, to me, it, it's, it's something I've read when I was young, and it, it always stuck with me. Like that quote, always kind of like, you know, about, about just because you can doesn't mean you should is what I, I, I take from that. Okay. You know, and especially nowadays. Looking back on that, because it's like that, and then, you know, like, for me, like, you can look at, like, Robert Frost, who's like, you know, for me, he said it best where this is the way the world ends, this is the way the world ends, this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but with a whimper. Yeah. I just think in the age of COVID, it's like, do you not know that you could die? Is that, a, like, do you not know that there's a thousand things that could kill you every single day? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, we've been made great new ones. We've been made hyper aware to one. And that's interesting because in the age of the atomic bomb, you know, the the prevailing thought was at any point, some bomb, someone could make a bomb and send it over to you and uh, to you where you live and kill you and you would all die. And that's all that's, I mean, that's been a threat since the I mean, even up till this very day, that's always been. I mean, we could wake up tomorrow to an atomic bomb. Do you remember in Hawaii when they had that scare? Yeah, I do. I grew up in the Cold War age, like the tail end of the Cold War in Alaska. And we were very aware of the fact that Russia was right there. Like, and we... You could see it from your backyard. There was air raid sirens. Um, we were prepared. I mean, like, I know a lot of people just intrinsically were prepared, you know, like for if something went wrong. They at least had enough food to last them a little bit, had enough, a little bit of water... I basically grew up doomsday prepping to some degree. Yeah. I just, it's, it was just a really interesting quote because it's kind of like what would C.S. Lewis say about COVID right now? Well, he would say the same thing he said about the atomic bomb. I think it would be exactly. I just don't, I just don't see the world like, actually here, here's, here's a fun fact, like a little fun insight fact. 
I don't fear dying much, and I don't fear ways of getting killed if that's the way I'm to go. There's only two ways I don't want to die. Tell, tell me what they are. Okay. Radiation death. I don't want that. That looks. That sounds horrible. Ooh. Being exposed to radiation, you know, like, like say, an atomic bomb. I watched uh, Fat Man and Little Boy, the story of them building the bombs. Yeah. And when that dude that has that uranium cap or that cobalt cap that he drops over the uranium and it slaps and it basically creates a small nuclear reaction and he gets blasted with the radiation and gets to walk around for two weeks right before he dies horribly with stuff like blowing out of him. Yeah, yeah. Like walking death, don't want that. And I don't want to get killed with a machete. It just doesn't sound like a cool way to go. Well, a machete, you have to get hacked. That doesn't sound fun. Like you can't kill someone with a machete in one, in one strike. It's a stream of... Death, and that's just the two ways I don't want to go. Bring it on, any of the any of the others. Yeah, I would want to. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I don't want to die at all. Actually, now that I think about it, I'm not okay with any of the ways. Old age. Sleepy old age. Sleepy old age. Yeah, I know there's painless ways to go. I always what always strikes me as odd is drowning. Because that sounds terrifying. But what I'm told is that, I mean, essentially you black out and then you go. There's a lot of pain. Um, desperation is what you would start to feel. Like panic and desperation set in, but then you can't really, you know, that's not going to last for more than a minute, more than 30 seconds probably. Yeah, but your perception of time when you're in a lot of pain. I don't know if you've had any like super painful experiences. Like what, like. Um, uh, not like, not life threatening. No, but I'm For talking sure. like just very awful, painful experiences. Like, have you I mean, I've broken any? bones, and I've that sucks. Uh, I cut myself pretty bad a few times. What about like burns or anything like major burns? I've never had anything stuck up my butt for very long. <laughs> so. At least by accident. <laughs> uh. <laughs> right. um, I, no, I said burn. No, no, I'm not. I mean, I've burned myself like on the oven, but nothing. Nothing. I set this arm on fire from like about here to here. That's why I ironically tattooed water on it. But um, okay. And your perception, like when I diso, like when I broke my leg the last time, where I had dislocated the knee completely and it had torn muscle and bone, and it was folded up all wrong. Barf. Before I popped it back in, that pain was maybe only twenty seconds. That twenty seconds was an eternity. Felt like a long time. Felt like a really long. That's time. interesting. That's interesting. Well, here's the thing: when you're under, uh, you know, that's a real pain that you feel. the The idea of being afraid of all the ways you can die. It's like the movie What About Bob. I love that movie so much. <laughs> it's a top ten all time. Yeah, for real. I'm what About you. Bob holds up. I'm telling you. I it watched ho- it recently. It holds up. And it's like, you know, you, you you see he goes, I know it's all like comedy and satire, but it's like you see how miserable he is in the beginning because he's like, you know, what if uh, what if I stop breathing? What it's if like I, a hyperchondriac. Yeah. Like mega Afraid of germs, afraid of everything. You know, sometimes you got to go, you got to go YOLO. I just like that quote. I just like the idea of like, you know, if the bomb is going to come, let the bomb come when we're with our families, when we're reading, let's... Listening to music, sharing a pint over a game of darts. Um, you know, let us let it come with us rejoicing and being joyful with people and interactions. Uh, I saw an r- article that had a bunch of, like, people at an old folks' home that were, like, protesting their own old folks' home. And they said had signs that said, I'd rather die 
of COVID than die of loneliness. I've seen that sign. I actually read that article. Dude, it hit me hard, man, because I was like, dude, these old people who are like, you have to go to their window to talk to them. You can't talk to them person to person. It's just like, it made me think. There's no way to live, man. I stopped. I remember I read that article and I stopped. It stopped me because I was like, oh, man, it really sucks. Because, yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of old folks home and I know and have done a little bit of like some hospice stuff. And I know yeah. one of my good friends is a hospice nurse. And, uh, I've thought about that, and I, you know, at that we, we, at that point, I think that life is more of a quantity versus quality issue. You know what I mean? You you know that the time is yeah. high and the yes. clock is ticking, so you want to make the best of what time you have at that point. And those humans, they know they are in their final home. That's it. Yeah, they they no know way. I'm dying in this place. That's what's going to happen. I'm going to. I don't know if it's today or tomorrow, but I'm dying here. It's definitely sooner than later. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever, um, there's a study, and I, I heard this from a TED talk, but, and I, so I don't know if it's true, but I like the way it sounds, so I'm going to share it. But what they did is they had like these mice that they got hooked up on and addicted to like some substance, right? They're addicted to some substance. And they had water bottles that had, I think it's like meth or something like something mm-hmm. similar like meth or opioids or something like that was addictive in the water. And they had mice that were isolated, and they judged mice that were in an open communi- community type of area. And what they found was that the mice didn't choose to become addicted. They didn't choose to, like, drink the water that had the opiates in it when they were in community. Like, that was what their addiction was. Like, that's what they wanted to, like, do was be part of the community. They only succumbed to that when they were forced into isolation. And the danger of isolation, the, I mean, like as far as like just human happiness and like prolonging life is all about community, having social interactions, like having friends, people that you hang out with, family, important relationships that you build in life. And that's what, you know, makes the most out of life. So that, that's the most dangerous thing about COVID to me thus far is the isolation. I think it's I think it's more detrimental than you think. No, I am fully I am right now I'm a little whacked out on a bunch of anti-anxiety medication because of what I very much feel is that the fact that all of my outlets have been shut. Yeah. I'm a thousand miles away from any family. I have only, you know I do have some friends locally but we don't I mean you, I see you more than I see any of them. Yeah. Like by a country mile. Yeah. You know, we're just isolated. You can't go out and do anything. And it just it just cuts me apart because, like, it's like all my emotional blow-off is gone. So it's like, for me, I just bury myself in work. But that's starting to backfire on me, too, because I'm this type A personality that's, you know, this alpha male that just buries his feelings, you know, like a dog mm-hmm. buried a bone. And now, you know, the hole's full, and I can't balance my emotional books because I have no way to, like blow off so I'm just taking punishment taking punishment taking punishment with no and not dishing any out so the account is very much in the red as far as me being able to like function I listened to a dentist uh, rant on Facebook today about a patient he saw in March right before COVID hit and the shutdowns happened that he believed he sent the patient for a biopsy for oral cancer Mm. thought that there was oral cancer. It requires a biopsy. What happens is you see a lesion on someone's tongue or on their gum tissue somewhere, and you're like, and it's very 
uh, distinct looking. I've I've found oral cancer two times in my career on two separate individuals. But with any any cancer type of scenario, time is of the essence. Time is tissue. Right. Yeah. So you have to get them in quickly. When the shutdowns happened, the oral surgeons that he referred to shut down. This individual, to this day, has not gone to get that biopsy because she hasn't felt safe. He's, caught, he's called her and talked to her, and, he, and she doesn't feel safe to venture out. So she hasn't got this biopsy accomplished or, or, or completed. And you think, man, what, what's the cost of six months? A lot. It, a it, C, might, it might not be your life. It might be. It might be. That's a worst case scenario. But what if it's your jaw? What if you have to get half your jaw resected or half your tongue cut out because you waited too long and you didn't get that caught in time? That's devastating to think about. So I'm just starting to think a little bit more about like, man, it's just weighing on me all the like uh, the casualties of war here. It's like these uh, side casualties, these side effects of everything that's happening right now. And I don't want, you know, I don't want people to get sick any more than anybody else does. But it's just like I feel like we're caught between a rock and a hard place as a society. And if chosen, if I had to choose, yeah, I'd rather die of COVID than loneliness. If I had to choose that. If I had, if I had to choose Either that or drowning. I'm not sure. Man, you know, like your family, man, you've got a wife, you've got kids. I, I myself, Just one wife. <laughs> Did I say wives? No, I didn't. No, I just want to be clear about that. Oh, just in case any of you guys are wondering. Right. Don't worry. I, I'm working on that other thing. It's fine. Um, <laughs> I've already already planted that seed. Um, <laughs> you want to be my brother husband? <laughs> no. We're, we're recruiting. <laughs> we're recruiting. Um it's he totally derailed me. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. No, I, I have a I'm a family man. I have a wife. I have kids. And I have a wife, and you know, a life and stuff too. But man, I just wonder what like single people are going through. Oh, I think it's devastating. Yeah, because I mean, you have, you have friends and stuff, but if you're like just working and you're going and you're doing your job, or what if you don't even get to go to do your job and you're just sitting around, sitting in your house? Yeah. Especially during lockdown, like what was that like? I bet that was miserable. Unless you're like an introvert or something, it's probably the best time of your life. But you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, you know, I think I want to cut this one short because of our technical difficulties we've been having. Let's just keep this one short this time. Let's do a, a quick little secret word for those who don't know. We do a secret word. It's worth five hundred dollars of free dental work at my office. Uh, let's do atomic bomb. Atomic bomb. That's a secret word. So if you email the word atomic bomb either in the subject or the body of the email. It doesn't matter. Email that to drilledpodcast at gmail.com. It will be worth $500. Free dental work. Remember, if you can't use it yourself, you can gift it to somebody else. And that's a pretty sweet gift. Um, and uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. Have anything else to add? Yeah. If you have a, know somebody that needs some dental work or nobody needs uh, some help in that department, uh, please feel free to reach out to us at www.halodentalnetwork.org and submit your nomination. That's true. You can do that. I'm a shameless self-promoter. I will do it at every turn. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's what we're there for. Anyways, thanks everyone for joining us. Hope you enjoyed me and Lowell waxing philosophical. That's yeah, this one got a little deep. That one did get a little deep. Got a little deep. A little quickly. Listen, 
That's, listen, Brian. Yeah, listen, Brian. Listen, Brian. I love this one-sided conversation I have with your brother. <laughs> oh, you'll, you'll, you'll meet him someday, I'm sure. All right, good guys, let's uh, let's wrap this up. Thanks for joining us. Join us next week when something else awesome may or may not happen. We'll see. Bye. Bye. Bye.